Pastor Wilson in the studio. That's enough. That's all we need to say. Yeah, that's it. Pastor Toby, not a pastor. No. No. <laughs> also not a pastor. Also not a pastor. <laughs> I'm the Waterboy. Good to be with you guys you on this Sunday special. You didn't create an open at all, did you? Nope, nope. You I lazy dog. I also didn't give Toby notes that I told him I would give him. Uh, this it was, this is true. I, this is how we do the Sunday special sometimes. Actually, most of the time, probably. <laughs> don't release the secret sauce. No, don't tell him. Man, I hope you guys are enjoying your magazine at this point. Oh, so. really? It, it, it'll, it'll be is it, is it in their into, hands into their... by the time the show plays. You know what? This tells hands. you how much we love you because we don't uh-huh. even have one yet. I know. It's coming. We don't, we don't, it's coming. It's all we coming. don't have one. Do like have... this? It, well, <laughs> no. no uh, <laughs> only with only a laughter on it. Glorified. The, the, the issue is is that we will have them by the time this show plays. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> he said with faith? <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's right. That's declared right. it so. And uh, make sure you guys download the app. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this is we've are, been having a little problem with our our podcast stream, and the best way to just get to us is download the app. Yep. It's, it's, we actually live stream the show in the app also, so you can even pull up the app and cast the, right the show right to your television. It's a great well, great setup. I, I was talking to a listener just the other day who did not know about the Daily News Brief. Ooh. So I, I, yeah, I, so maybe we don't talk about it enough. What's wrong with you people? Yeah, yeah for real. But what you need to do? <laughs> what is what is the Daily News Brief? So <laughs> every morning. <laughs> Oh, I, I do it too. Yeah, <laughs> every morning, wake up, get about ten to fifteen minutes of all the articles that you need to to know about for what's going on in the day, what's going on in the world. We take the time to take your news at newsacrosspolitics.com dot com that you send us, yep. and try and gather all together, put it up on deafwire dot com, which is also our new news aggregator. But the daily news brief, you wake up in the morning, you get it, you know what's yep. going on, you can go have a nice conversation at the water cooler and and not sound smart, spend, sound intelligent, yeah, yeah, not yeah. just spend like sixty hours trying to figure out what's happening in the world. <laughs> Oh, 10 so, minutes is good. 10 minutes. Also, don't forget to register for the rally in South Dakota. It's getting close. Rapid City, it is South getting Dakota. Close. I'm excited. Governor Christy Nome was the only governor in the union to read the Constitution. Say it with your chest. Keep keep her constitutional <laughs> backbone in Come on. place. Uh, she's uh, she's so she's so constitutional, the Republicans don't even want to have anything to do with her. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> So, so we're meeting in Rapid City, South Dakota. Invite you to join us for a rally. Love God, sing psalms, defy tyrants. Where's, where's my? Yeah, oh, oh, that's you right. That's you're right. Just nope, that's around. There we go. Right there. Wow. There we go. I'm sorry, Pastor. There we is, go. You're used to this, though. You Love know. God, not, not professional. Sing psalms, defy tyrants. Yes. Um, and there will be shirts. Yeah, I, I've been it. I've been working on them. Are we gonna do handcrafted like, by Waterboy? Are we gonna do stickers? Ooh. Because apparently, if you put Ian, stickers Ian, up now, write it down. We're doing stickers. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, the tyrants really don't like it when you put stickers oh, up. We have to do stickers. We have to do stickers. I want. I want all the stickers. <laughs> yes, sir. And then when they complain and they, they you know arrest you or whatever, throw your grandkids into jail. Yeah. Um, you can say you know who, who said we who's the tyrants right. Yeah, yeah. Not, they don't, they, not us. I guess they don't like chalk either. So if you like, do oh, is that right? Chalk side, yeah. I really don't like. Um, speaking I, of which, yeah. speaking of which, one of the we have Steve Dace going. We've got um, Sheriff ben, Wheeler, Joe ben Boots, Merkel, Joe Boots, smuggling yes. in Joe Boot. Yep, yep. Uh, smuggling him from the ca- Canadian the underground tundra. railroad. Oh yeah, yeah. free James Coates. Just wanted to say that. Real yeah, quick. and Pastor Doug is going to be there joining All us, right. and so we want to talk. We want to give people a little bit of a taste of uh, what we're planning to do in South Dakota. So thank you for joining us once yeah. more. Yeah, thank you. Pastor Douglas Wilson, senior minister at Christ Church, author of a gazillion books. It's not <laughs> so even... So many. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, you, you have a few coming out this month, don't you? Mm, I think so. Probably. Okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have anything coming out on like COVID? You know, kind of a novel on COVID or anything? Not a novel on COVID. I've thought about a COVID book. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> probably he probably wrote half probably, it in his mind. He's probably. like, nah, I'm not <laughs> Gabe's never going to so, read this. Probably several. Um, and, uh, but uh, also, um, you've recently been involved in um, some of the, what, what, do we, what should we call the sort of shenanigans in, yeah. in Moscow? They're, they're, we've, um, no, so, freedom fighters. The, the word you're looking for is monkey shines. Yes, right. So <laughs> What? You know, um, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Monkey shines? No. You never heard that? Really? No. Oh, yeah, it's a new it's word. shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, see, I thought you were explaining it to me. Okay, this is quicker to tell. Sky, so, skylarking, monkey shines, yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All synonyms. Yeah. So, um, you know, the COVID thing hits... And we already knew before this that um, we were kind of in it. I mean, we've been killing babies. We've been saying that boys can be girls and girls can right. be boys. Uh, and I don't think we many Christians realize that was already tyranny in the making. Yeah. We, you know, when it, tyranny in itself, th- yeah, yeah that, that is tyranny. I mean, yeah. you're already they're making tyrannical claims about the nature of reality, but they're conducting it on the other side of town. Exactly. Right. And so it, it hasn't uh, infringed on my business yet. It doesn't, you know, I can worship God on Sunday morning yep. the way I want to. So it's kind of Auschwitz. And so <laughs> it sort of is. Yeah. And um, and yet so COVID hits, though, and basically a lot of that tyranny that we thought was on the other side of town has come home to ro- right. roost right. and um, and and roast. <laughs> but yeah. but um, we had um, uh, we, we've sort of been playing chicken a bit with our city in, right. in, in Moscow with regard to worship, with regard to um, mask mask mandates. Um, we had the the psalm sing protest that we did here in town um, where Gabe They're was arrested. Peaceful. 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 Make sure protest. make sure you say mostly, peaceful. Yeah. Mostly yeah. Mostly peaceful. Yeah. That's important because it's anomaly in uh, 2020, you know. With the bonets, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then um, of recent uh, fun has been uh, Stickergate. Right. Um, with, I can't believe with, with the, uh, the So a couple weeks after I was arrested, Nate, yeah. Nate prints up these stickers with a hammer and sickle in it saying yeah. Soviet Moscow. Right. And enforced because we care. And that tagline is important because that's what the city's tagline was for, for the marketing the mask mandate. There's still signs at the, at the entrance say, of our city. Enforced because we care. Yeah, with, you know, faces of masks and enforced because we care. So you should be, in, as my granddaughter says, enforced because we care in. <laughs> that should have we they should, they should make an adjustment on that. So help us. So, wait, real quick, just one yeah. one thing there. Nate's uh, uh, Doug's grandkids got up one night and they put oh, stickers right. all around town and yeah. tagging friendly businesses, you know, that they yeah. knew of, and then they also tagged a couple. Um, Street lights city or something. Light poles <laughs> yeah. that that everybody a, else has tagged too, covered in stickers, and the cops didn't like it. And rent, you know, uh, garage sale signs with telephone numbers attached to them. <laughs> right, that's right. I mean, I come know. on. I mean, so, I, there's all sorts of stickers on there, but the enforced because we care. They didn't like that. The cops cite Nate and the yeah. kids, and now there's a lawsuit. Now there's and, a, and everything. They're right. on the civil side of things but, right now. Yeah. So my my question is, um, so zoom out. I mean, there's there's our local context, but everyone else has their own in their yeah. own cities, their own states, yeah. mass mandates, churches open, churches not open, you know, James Coates, arrested, pastor mm-hmm. in Canada who's, who's yep. still in jail mm-hmm. um, because he wouldn't stop preaching. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Zoom out, help us to think big picture. Um, how do Christians take this in? How do we think about this um, in terms of freedom and tyranny? Um, where do we begin? So one of the things you have to be, my father-in-law now with the Lord uh, taught his kids 
that the second crime scene is always worse than the first. Mm. Okay, what does that mean? So that means that if someone's going to grab you to haul you into the van, you should pitch a fit there on the sidewalk because that's the first crime scene. Got it. That's the first crime scene. There's going to be another crime. But if you say, wait, you know, if I just get in the van and go peacefully, uh, maybe it'll get better. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, no. It preach, ne- preach up. <laughs> never, ever, ever gets better. Mm. So, so given, like, abortion and same-sex mirage. First like, crime scene. Are we, are we at, like, the fourth crime scene now? <laughs> well, I think we're at the first crime scene in a, in a way that involves everybody. Okay. So mm. what they were doing is they were establishing precedent in different select groups, right. targeting the unborn, right. uh, letting people in certain states of the same sex yeah. pretend, to be, pretend to marry, et cetera. Right. But this is – they not only got into everybody's personal space, they got into everybody's personal airspace. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're going to cover And face. so this is the first crime scene that involves – the whole populace. Right. Everybody either has okay. to lock down or mask yeah. up or wow. stand sit, you know. Yep. So this is the first crime scene. Okay. And and a lot of well-meaning Christians who haven't been taught think are saying just get in the van. Uh Romans it's just, thir- Romans it's just a mask. It's just a mask. The nice man said he had some candy and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. It's going to get better. So it's going to it's somehow mysteriously going to get better. But we did you, get our stimulus candy. But then, but then you look <laughs> right. at Coats in jail, right? And you say, "How did this sister country of ours, right, with similar customs and laws and everything, right. how did they get to the point where they could actually pull that off, right. and not have everything come to pieces?" Right. You look at some of the draconian stuff that's going on down in Australia. How did they get there? Right. Well, they're in terms of the whole populace. Right. They they are well at the second and third crime scene. Right. And what we're it looks like we're overreacting or we're hypersensitive. Right. Because we're pitching this fit on the sidewalk and the nice man just asked for directions and you know uh, <laughs> get into the van. Uh, uh, and and so what what we want to do is is teach Christians to see the narrative, okay. see the story. Okay. You you can't. You have to stop thinking in terms of photographs or snapshots. You have to think in terms of video. You've got to look okay. at the narrative arc. What's the narrative arc here? Not can this could this snapshot be interpreted in an innocent way? So we're going to fail. I mean, because I mean, America, what's wrong with you, people? <laughs> you know, we just, we talked to Ben Merkel about this, and we were talking about the fact that people's education doesn't allow them the ability to be able to step out and have that kind of vision. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be able to think in a straight line. Think, yeah, you're uh-huh, right. right. And so what we have is an educational problem because if they could see it, they would already see what's coming. So we actually we have first steps before we even get there. Right. We got to teach them how to think first. Right? right. Well, so there's several stages. A lot of people when you um, I, I call what what is necessary now, what's necessary in this moment is what I call the prophetic eye. Mm-hmm. All right. The prophetic eye. Now, a lot of Christians don't well prophecy. That's what Isaiah did. And they think of prophecy as for telling the future. Right. Right. And then they become Christians and they get taught a little bit. And someone says, no, it's not foretelling, it's forthtelling, where most of the prophets spend their time talking about c- current events, right. what the people of Israel were doing right now. Right. Um, but it's not just seeing what's going on right now. I think it's seeing to the bottom of what's going on right now. Okay. Is, that's the prophetic eye. Yeah. So the prophetic eye sees the root principle that is driving all of this. What what is the root principle? Not um, someone can object to the masks because I just don't feel right about it and I can't. I don't know why, but I just don't like it. 
And but that's seeing it and resisting it. Right. But it's not seeing to the bottom. It's not the. So what is yeah, what yeah. is the principle that's Take driving us to the all bottom. this? Yeah. So the principle is that man wants to be God. Mm-hmm. Right. Man wants Th- to be not the, seeing it to the bottom. Right. What's so going on here? Tyranny, is people playing God. Tyranny and idolatry. Yeah. Idolatry is granting to a creature what what only the creator should have. Right. So uh, mm-hmm. statists, statist citizens are idolaters. They're letting the state um, be God. Mm-hmm. Because if there is no God over the state, the state is God. That's right. Right. Okay. okay. Now what that, mean, what that means is the citizenry are idolaters and the tyrants are self Idolaters. They've. Prom- yeah. I, I will ascend to the sides of the north. Yeah. Uh, you, the first temptation, you will be as God. So, uh, yeah. tyranny is usurping the place of God, and craven servility is letting them. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so that. Um, so that's the. And thing. the two things go together. They feed each other. And, the, and this is why the fundamental Christian confession is the only antidote, um, and that is Jesus is Lord. Right. Because and so what that means is the great American. Distortion. The, the there's a good sense of secularism, but the way it's be morphed, the cancerous form today, basically says Jesus is Lord is a religious conviction that you can believe behind your eyes and between your ears yeah. You know, yeah. in a closed room, and not even there shortly. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, right. Right. So um, Jesus is Lord. Christian American Christians have to come to grips with the fact that secularism, in all its current forms, is evil. Yeah, secularism is evil. Right. It's not our friend. It's uh, it's something we must right. a- oppose. Root and branch. It, it is the tyranny. It but, is the tyranny. What oh, you, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, when we look at when we look at secularism, though, I think what we think is neutrality. Yeah, that, and that's the myth. The, there is no such thing as neutrality, right? Uh, neutrality doesn't exist. And so the the state wants to say, oh, we don't uh, we don't make any determination as to whether. Uh, Hinduism or Buddhism or atheism or Islam or Christianity is true. Right. We just govern according to common sense. Common sense. So then common because sense. we think we have that, we look at religious liberty as being our way to still be ourselves in our rooms. Right. Right. But the c- common sense, it turns out, means that a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy and, and two guys can marry and you can right. chop. And you have to marry them. And, and, and you have to yeah. go along with it. Right. And right. if you have a and b you've got to rent to them. Right. And if you, are, if you say a disapproving word uh, and you work for a major corporation, they're going to be all over you like a wet towel. Right. And, and they're going to police it. Right. So, gonna, man, there's, so fast forward, uh, how do, what does the end look like here in the U.S.? Well, that depends. Depends on who wins. That's like saying in the in the second quarter, how does this football game end? Yeah. Well, it depends. On, <laughs> yeah. It depends. Well, um, I, I, want, I want your prophetic. Well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't want look, your prophetic. I mean, you're right. But when you see the score, though, that is 35 to 7, right. you can make an educated guess. But when you know how God works through his people, that 35 to 7 doesn't really mean anything if God's right. people are submitted so, to him. So how many times in the history of the kingdom of God? Have God's people been down thirty-five to seven? Yeah, hundreds of times. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this is God's specialty. Mm-hmm. God's specialty yeah. is the half room talk, mm. the, the halftime talk. Yeah. And where he he sends his people with the prophetic eye to talk to his people in the locker room and say, "This is happening because of that." Right. This these principles you've got to uh, re- repent and believe. So God is a deliverer. He right. d- and he loves delivering last minute. He loves 
he loves uh, the two minute offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 Jesus it means savior. Right. I mean, it, there, it, it's sort of it's it's ridiculous to think that you would you would follow Jesus. You would follow Christ, your savior, mm-hmm. and think that you wouldn't constantly love him for being the savior. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not just savior from your sins in the past or your sins in the present or your sins in the future, but it's also um the sins of a nation and the sins of families and the right. sins of cultures. Um this moment is given to us so that we see that we need Christ. One of, one of my favorite quotations from Herbert Schlossberg, who wrote the magnificent book, Idols for Destruction. Yeah. Uh, he said, the, the kingdom of God moves from triumph to triumph, all of them cleverly disguised as disasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> disasters, that, that's God's camo. That's, that's, yeah. how, God, right. that's yeah. how God works. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the worst day ever for the disciples? Was the crucifixion right? When was it? When was the day that Satan was toppled? Well, the crucifixion. The crucifixion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if the rulers of this age had known what they were doing, they would not have crucified the Lord of Glory. So that was the worst day ever, if you were in, caught up in the moment. Yeah. And it was the it was the moment that God's kingdom was established. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's how God works. So uh, God brings us. Paul says in one place in Corinthians that God brought us to the brink of death. So that we learn, so that we might learn how not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Amen. So if there's if there was ever a group of Christians who needed to be taught not to trust in themselves, it would be American Christians. That's right. That's so, right. So let's can we do it another way? <laughs> can we? Can we? No. Can we? Okay. Yes, love. This so, is my Garden of Gethsemane moment. <laughs> so the answer is no. So yeah, yeah, imagine. Right. So you know. Let, let's say okay. You you've got a crowd of people. You've got an audience who says, "All right, you're right. That's what. That's where we are. We are up against it. God can deliver, um, but we have tyranny staring us in the eye." Right. Um, and, Where are those people at? And and uh, there's a few of them, like really five, maybe. Okay, and, I mean, and and they say, okay, but so I want to stand firm, and I want to defy this tyranny, right? Um, and I know, and let's even give them even further benefit of the doubt. Yeah, um, they are biblically literate enough to know. Uh, so they've read Hebrews 11, and they know that in Hebrews 11, God. Um, sometimes by faith topples kingdoms, mm-hmm. conquers armies, raises the dead, right. and sometimes people get cut in half, right. chased out of town, live in deserts and yeah. caves. Right. And they know either one of those, God is sovereign, Jesus is Lord, He will, and he wins. Right. But they still want to know, okay, but what do I do today? God, God's right. going to tell my story, and I might end up in the cave, or I might end up as a conquering right. hero. Either way, what do I do today to defy this tyranny? What did they tell you not to do? Bars, <laughs> bars, free James coats. Bars. That's not the. That's not the answer we want to hear. So, no, no. So, so you're so, right, right. So let's make a list, though. Yeah. So go to church. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sing psalms. Sing. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Take off the mask. Yeah. Uh, go out. You know. Go have a party with your friends. Yep, go, yep. Right. go eat dinner in a Fellowship. restaurant that doesn't care about social distancing right. or whatever. Um, so that's the list that you would make. Yeah, I would say the the things that they they are. Pro, they are prohibiting the things they are prohibiting for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I if I've come to the conclusion that I must stand against whatever it is they're up to, I should identify what it what is it that they're requiring of me. Yeah. Right. And then I should pick whichever one of those things is the juiciest. 
<laughs> this is why you don't get invited to conferences. I see now. This is this is this is it right here. Yeah, but but see, if they said from now on, it's transphobic to use the word tranny. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's against the law. Let's say they passed a law yeah. that using the word tranny is seething with hate. Yeah. Okay. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to schedule a 12-part sermon series on what to do about trannyism. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 So that they said you may not do this. Yeah. And and this is why Doug doesn't get to go speak a ligonier anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Right here. I, I've been kicked <laughs> off of Facebook twice. And both times it was for writing the word tranny. Right. Well, so I guess what I got to go do during the break. I think we're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there. Pastor Wilson, I, I want to talk to you. When we come back, I want to talk to you about, we're talking about kind of where to start, but I want to make it a, a bigger um, issue, basically with America and everything we're doing here about where we really need to start from. So right. I think there's a part where we're talking about pastors. I want to talk a little bit more about individuals. All right. All right. And then what you're going to talk about at the conference. Sing songs. Okay. Yeah. Worship. More cross politics coming up at with Pastor Doug. When a medical need arises, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs. Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. So I'm going to bring this in. I'm going to bring this segment wait, in because wait, no, I got. No, no. Hey, I, I, I wrote the notes in my head. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Cross Politics. Good to be with you guys. We got Pastor Wilson, Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox. I'm the Water Boy in the house. This is a good sec- second segment introduction. Make sure you guys uh, sign up for our conference. I mean, I'll do it for you. This rally. This is probably Doug's only speaking spot this year. So. No, can I ask you, why is it that you don't do more conferences? Are you just saying no to a bunch of stuff? Um, part of it is restricted. The well, there's a bunch of things. Well, the, the central <laughs> thing, central thing is that Nancy and I are taking care of my dad. Yeah, we're li- moved in with him. He can't take take care of himself. So yeah, going on the road is is kind of a production. So Ooh, thank you yeah. for coming and doing yeah. ours. Yeah. I mean that, wow. Pastor. It's a yeah. blessing to have you. It was a blessing to have you oh. in Tennessee. It's a blessing to have you out in South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. So so part of uh, I think one of my fears that I. I'm, I don't know, my, my spider senses here is, you know, I think a lot of Christians are kind of waking up to some of the ty- tyranny that's been going along. A lot of Christians are waking up to that, oh, realizing that their church is maybe not as solid of leadership that they had in all this. And and then, um, but they're also trying to figure out where do we start pushing back? I, I, you know, I don't know where to begin. And so, um, but my fear is, is that, People are going to start pushing back and not do it the right way, or pick the wrong fight, or pick the wrong battle. They don't have a theology, kind of really, kind of thinking through. Yeah, you can count on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's they say Pastor Doug said, pick the juiciest thing. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's yeah. Go ahead. So here, this is the thing. Once the cafeteria food fight starts, it's out of your hands. Mm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're responsible before God to be as judicious and wise as you can be given the circumstances. And when I say pick the juiciest thing, it's sort of like Oscar Wilde's comment about a gentleman is someone who never offends someone else accidentally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does it purposely. He, he does it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when you pick the juiciest thing, you shouldn't blunder into it. You should know what the stakes are. You should know what the cost, You've counted yeah. the cost. Yeah. Yeah. You know that this is going to be their baby. This is their precious. Right. And so you're going to do what you do right. deliberately 
and then don't back down. There's right. no muscle for that. I'm going to ask the same question, but maybe a little different. Sorry to jump in front no, of you, but you, I, go, you, know, go. you got time. You, you guys work together. So. These, these are uh, notes. These uh, are me and Knox's <laughs> notes. <laughs> right so I'm going to start to think that you guys couldn't organize a two car funeral. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be right. I wouldn't hey, take hey, that. We're burying him over here. No, no, over this way. Um, this is why the show does so well. <laughs> And can you believe we've been doing this for almost five years? <laughs> um, so, you know, basically, when I look at the $15 minimum wage at law that's coming through with the $1.9 trillion possible bill, that, who knows where it is right now while we're recording this, but there's a $15 minimum wage law, and I'm watching conservatives trying to figure out how to manage this. Yeah. And, and so there isn't a way to say, well, we know it shouldn't actually be any law. Mm-hmm. Should be no law whatsoever. It's, you, no it's zero. Wage. No, the government doesn't get to tell an employer what he needs to be paying his his employee. Right. We ain't gonna get no law right. that says zero. We at seven something right now. So mm-hmm. with with that being the case, it seems incumbent upon us in our situation to say, I give you ten. Because it's not 15, and I'm trying to incrementally, almost like the pro-life movement has kind of been doing, I'm trying to incrementally be smash-mouthed about this and rotate back this way. But what happens is the liberals like, I'll take you 10 because we're going to get 20 next. No, I, what i do is I would, uh, I would, if I were a legislator yeah. in this situation, I'd say, I'd like to enter this bill, there's an, an amendment to your bill that will grant $500 an hour. Yeah. And I think anybody who votes for 15 is a hater. Yeah, and so here's what scares me about that, because they're like, really? <laughs> Let's do it. And so they, they take it, they swallow the reductio. And then all well, the, the bus- cliff comes faster. Then, then the cliff comes faster. Yeah. and I got you. Yeah. Then all the businesses in your, in your city go out of business, or they go black market. Yeah. Right? Right. So, or they actually fight. They actually stand they, up and fight. fight. Yeah. But, the, uh-huh. but the logic yeah. of it is inexorable. If, what you're doing when you raise the minimum wage is you're pricing certain people out of the labor market. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If if someone's labor is not worth to a uh, a guy who wants his warehouse sw- swept out, if that's not worth fifteen dollars an hour, he can't make a pencil. So usually the lower like, like minorities and, and are usually the ones who get priced that's out of right. the labor market. So it's, 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 it's the black it's the black teenager unemployment incentivizing bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh so 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 with that being the case, because I'm looking at that and saying, okay, there's no way starting from that trying to get back to zero. So there you're saying there's two options. Either you you say no at zero and you stand there, or you say, hey, let's push this whole thing off the cliff because right. now we get some sort of reset button. Is is that right. kind of fair to? Th- well, I would I wouldn't vote for th- this bill that I introduced. I wouldn't vote for. <laughs> I wouldn't actually push it off the cliff. But I think it's important. Like in all these trillions throwing around, the one person I think in Washington that everybody knows his name, who still has credibility on budget issues, is Rand Paul. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's still got credibility. He's the Christine Nome of, of Congress. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so when, yeah. you, when you look at um, all the Republicans who were willing to whoop it up with trillions when Trump was in office, yeah. now, now when the Democrats who can outdo us in, on that front, the Republicans can't all of a sudden be for fiscal restraint. Right. Because yeah. they were, they did two stimulus packages. They, yeah, yeah. They, they already gave up. Yep. The, the second crime scene is always worse than the yeah. first. Yeah. Right. And we're at the second crime scene fiscally now. Yeah. Yeah. So then how do we get back to, I guess, how do we get back to zero? There? And, and that's an analogy for all of it. Like, how do we pull this thing back? We're, we're about to get. So you're talking about coronavirus. No, I'm not just talking I'm talking about all of it. You, right uh-huh. now you have the um, the new, uh, what is it, the China did, uh, make amendment to the Civil Rights Act, the uh, Equality Act. Equality right. Act. You know, like, you know. Where, how do you how do you turn this thing back? Well, one of the things, that either there's going to be a reformation and revival of a massive, uh, like, gospel, hot gospel preaching. Yeah. 
Reformation and revival, people coming to Christ, and it's going to be, that's going to do it. Or it's going to crash and burn. Mm. Those are, those are, and in crashing and burn is, is, burning is one of the ways out. So, it could be a revival within itself. Yeah, or a cause for revival. Cause for so, revival, yeah, yeah. Cause so for um, Stein, Her- I think his name is Herbert Stein, Stein's law is anything that cannot continue on indefinitely won't. Okay. Right. And yeah. what, what they're currently doing, to use one of their buzzwords, mm. is unsustainable. Right. It's absolutely unsustainable. We've fallen off the skyscraper, and we're at the 17th floor now, yeah. and we're doing irresponsible things on the way down. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to hit bottom. Well, you, you remember, too, like the, I mean, the way that the Roman Empire um, didn't, it, it crumbled. Yeah. And at the same time, it was, you, you've got Constantine, you've got a bunch of, you know, the empire sort of ostensibly becoming Christian, professing Christ. Um, you've got the end of pagan worship. And at the same time, even as Christianity is coming into its own with all of its influence, the empire is crumbling. Right. And, and this is why Augustine had to write his book, The City of God, because all the Christians were saying, wait a second. Is God with us or not? Why is the empire crumbling? Right. And, and Augustine says, well, no, the empire is still full of sin and paganism, and that's what causes it to crumble, and it's not the Christian's fault, right. and the city of God is not synonymous with the city of man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and even as the empire crumbles and crashes and burns, so to speak, it, it's sort of this, um, it, it's a way that Christianity then begins actually spreading even further into Europe. Yeah, there's Christianity being the, the real kind, as opposed to the kind that shut shut their doors and shuttered their windows, yeah. and didn't meet for a year. Right. The, the, mm. the the pastors and churches that stood up right. and said, "No, we're the people of God. Right. This is bogus." Uh, now the um, sheep are attracted to shepherds who fight. Right. So real um, <laughs> for their own safety. Their own, right, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that looks safer. Yeah. It looks yeah. safer. Yeah. So uh, in the old days, people would say, "Well, that." pastor's kind of polemical or pugnacious i wonder if the sheep would be safe over there well actually that's the only place they they're going to be safe is is the shepherd who knows how to fight wolves you if you if you fight wolves you love the sheep if you refuse to fight the wolves you hate sheep right Mm. right you pastor you come out to the conference um love god sing psalm defy tyrants what is it that you're uh you get two talk are we doing two yeah, talks doing two. Yeah, yes. yeah. all on friday yes. yeah oh that's all on pack. friday we're yeah. packing them out on friday what it's, like, you, it's like a double you know barrel shotgun well we need that right now there's a lot of wolves out there um uh what are you hoping to leave people with when they when they leave the conference I, the the thing, rally. The, the rally. I'm the, sorry. The, yeah. My bad. Sorry. The, th- the thing. The thing that I think Christians need to be feeling. They they leave. They need to be living in the tension spot of feeling simultaneously encouraged and overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. The encouragement means that you can keep going. The overwhelmed means you're not kidding yourself about what we're up against. Right. If you're just overwhelmed, you're going to go hide in the basement. Yeah. If you're just encouraged, you're going to not pay attention. You're you're, yeah. you're la la lying. You know. yeah. yeah. So what's what um, what role in particular? Uh, we, we've we've tagged this sing psalms defy tyrants with um, you know some of the psalm sing protests in mind. Yeah. What does singing psalms in particular have to do with defying tyrants? Well, one of the things you'll you'll notice is that. Um, it says in in the Psalms that God inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. The New Testament commands us to sing psalms, sing right. psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, right. uh, which the Greek words for those three things are different Greek headings in the Septuagint. 
throughout the Psalter. So, so, so the Psalter itself is Psalms, hymns, yeah, and spiritual sings, psalms. Uh, and James says, is anyone married? Let him sing psalms. Right. Uh, so we're instructed in the New Testament to sing, to sing psalms. Right. When, when we sing psalms, I, I, I grew up in, a, in evangelical circles and in hymn singing culture and that sort of When I first started singing psalms, I found myself singing things I had never sung before in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that is striking, this is one of the, it's like opening an oven door and the heat hitting you in your face. One of the first things you will notice is that the psalm writers, the psalmists, had enemies. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Almost no hymn writers have enemies. <laughs> right. right. Wow. Right. They got three chords. <laughs> well, yeah. for example, I three can, chords and no enemies. Outside of their own sin. Outside of their own sin. That's right. their, their own sin. I, I can think of two exceptions. Um, uh, Martin Luther's A Mighty Fortress. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. The, uh, that, that song has enemies. Right. And uh, St. Patrick's Breastplate. Right. Uh, wow. that, and, but both of those songs are very psalm like. Yeah. Right. But if you, if you, are going through the the nineteenth century devotional piety stuff. There are no enemies. It's like a musical Thomas Kincaid painting. Ugh. Right. <laughs> that, that's gross. No, no. The reason that is gross. The reason. That, the reason. I guess I'm paused because as I'm digesting that, I'm thinking to myself, pastors, there's no way that we can have our preaching right. So. Have our preaching right, and then have our singing. I mean, you know what I mean. This, yeah. If we have, if we have, yeah. if it's we pack, have, it's a package. Yes. I remember um, uh, when Mark Driscoll's done. church was going on in Seattle. I, I just took it right from you. <laughs> I just took it, took it right from you. And and I, white gate. I asked you a, kind of about uh, Mark Driscoll's church this situation. Like. <laughs> Coca Cola would not be happy with this. <laughs> I drink Diet Pepsi. And uh, I, I was asking you about Mark. I was like, man, I really like his preaching, but they still do this kind of evangelifish worship. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me, well, one is going to win eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either the preaching wins right. and builds the culture in that church around the oh, solid wow. preaching, or the music is going to win right. and everything. And, yeah. and and I think that's kind of where we're at in, in the evangelical church is we, the music's winning. Our, our right. silly, sloppy, effeminate music's winning. Right. You, the preaching needs an environment. The two go together. Yeah. The, the the service, the entire service should be coherent. It you should yeah. go to worship and it should be as though someone thought about it. Yeah. Um, from yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unlike <laughs> our shows. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't. No. Which, 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 in, in a lot of ways, it bothers me. We talk about this with the conference. I got another idea. Go ahead and I'll smack you with this pen in my hand. Um, it seems like that right now. The last year, our conference in Tennessee, people came there who hadn't been to church f- yeah. since the first part of the year, right. and it drives me nuts that. Our conference or a conference is being more to the people of God than the church is. Yeah. Right. And that shouldn't be. I don't want that to be the case. No. I don't want that to be the standard. It drives me nuts. Right. But in one sense, like if it wasn't there, you know, and I guess what you're saying about the psalm singing and, and the preaching going together, it makes sense now why so many churches did shut down because now we know which one won. Right. The soft evangelical singing has right. been di- well, discipling people into a, a not the ability to be able to fight. Well, yes. it, it, psalm 68, God shall arise and by his might. Put all his enemies to flight. Yeah. So you sing that, yeah. and then you sing. You you discover not only do the psalmists have enemies, but they have a lot of them apparently. Yeah. 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 And they ask God to deal with them. Right. The so- the the songs are acting as though we are in a spiritual war. And if you think about, you know, you ask the your your run of the mill even American evangelical North American evangelical, um, what is worship? 
they almost always think of um, praise music, the, the yeah. emotional praise music, mm-hmm. the praise and worship right. um, hour. And then maybe there's a message of some sort, but the message is sort of like the whipped cream on top. Right. It's it's sort of like you know, but but basically, all reform people do the complete opposite. Well, but even them, you know? but even them, I, I think some. I mean, the I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, yeah, it, it's it, but it's it's all it's, about the preaching. It's, it's not about the yeah, but and and a very um, uh, but it's frequently very emotion. Yeah, driven. Oh, absolutely, right. absolutely. And, and so it 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 can't come as a surprise then, having been discipled in this emotion driven environment. That you're making you know emotion disciples, right? Then all of a sudden, a different emotion arises: fear, and right, sweeps, sweeps you away, and and everybody's just boom, gone. And wow. you can't. That's right, and, and that's exactly right. Yeah. And you can't going back to the pairing issue. You can't have sermons that are consistently Jesus is our sovereign Lord, mm-hmm. and have all the music uh, be Jesus is my girlfriend. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, but back to the psalms. Psalms um, are are one of those are, are, winning, are yeah. meat. They're right. they're meat for the mind and the heart, right. and 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 they they do lift your heart to the Lord. Right. But they lift your heart in a way that you're not naturally inclined to necessarily. It, right. it, it, you know, there is yeah. I love you, Lord. Right. In the psalms, that's that's a psalm language. Um, but you also have. God's going to arise and put your enemies to flight. You're going to have you you have um, you have God you know breaking the teeth of your enemies. Right. You, you have um, you know God. Where are you? Um, I've been crying out to you for a long time, and you're still not listening. You're asleep. Yeah, um, but it's there's a um, there's a depth, a meatiness to the Psalms that requires you to engage the whole person. Your right. your heart and your mind have to be engaged, which is what good preaching is supposed to do right. as well. But then mm. that allows you to face reality right. faithfully, where you actually thoughtfully with your mind, your heart, all engaged as a whole person. Yeah, exactly. Right. Rather than being driven around by your feelings, by right. your emotions. Um, I have a, for for both of you guys, being that you're pastors, this whole thing since last year and the shutdowns and all that and the tyrannical, outrageous tyrannical leaders that we have. What was the most shocking thing that you guys have seen that you didn't think you would see that made you say, as a pastor, as a shepherd, no, we will not have that. That you didn't think you were going to see, no, we will not have that. Man, that's hard. I think the, <laughs> so much of it. <laughs> so much. I think the thing that shocked me the most is. Every new wave of stupid, mm-hmm. and and I'm thinking, well, everybody's going to see that, yeah. right? That, how stupid it is now, and then they don't, <laughs> yeah. and then and and um, the thing that I've been most grateful for is when the when the thing first hit, I I do believe that the civil magistrate has the authority to quarantine. Yeah. Um, and if there was a bubonic plague, yeah, um, a real one, a, a real one, and, and around Troy in Troy, Idaho, they would have the right to set up a cordon sanitaire, uh, um, an out uh, a fence, and saying you can't come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be harsher than the ones we even have. Right. Actually, it'd be an actual quarantine because yeah. it's a real threat. I and because I believe the civil magistrate has that authority, and if the, the fire chief came into the the church service and said your roof's on fire. I don't think we have to have a meeting of the elders to right. vote, vote yeah. on whether or not to evacuate. You know, uh, evacuate. Yeah. But yeah. we also agree with the problem. We everyone agrees that they're, yeah. you, and know, you can they're, see it. Well, <laughs> exactly. that fire chief in trouble. If we come outside, ain't no fire. Right. And interrupt exactly. the worship, and you can tell. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so the virus being invisible is the sort of thing that is tailor made 
to lie with statistics and whatever. Yeah. Um, but because when it first hit, we we went online. Our services went online for three weeks. Then we went to drive-in services for three weeks, and then we went back to in normal, person to in person, and and we've been meeting in person, um, not requiring masks ever since. And the thing that is astonishing to me is how much of an impact that has on people. Yeah. Both, the, both the churches that have been, not been worshiping and have been masked up, and the Christians who are, who have yes. been remained, who have been protected and allowed to remain emotionally stable and healthy, because they can get together with their friends and yeah. laugh and sing and yeah. fellowship and stuff. Yeah. That was the biggest surprise to me was what a big deal that was. Yeah. Mm. Because on paper, it's just 14 days to flatten the curve. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Right. To flatten the stupid. Uh, or 14 days to flatten or, the stupid. Or it's just a mask or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking uh, this lines up with something, Gabe, you mentioned um, not so long ago when you were talking with some of the Canadian pastors and you asked them, um, you know, have any of you guys had people die in your congregation from COVID? And, and you said one of them said no, but I had somebody die because of the shutdown. Because of the shutdowns, he, uh, so, one of his so, congregants had cancer and wasn't able to get the treatment he needed right. from and, the whole. So, but this is sort of a microcosm of the same point of you know, the the um, you know in in the name of safety, mask up, um, you know, have only fifty percent capacity or whatever, or don't even meet at all, do it all online or drive in or whatever. Um, and what are we doing? We're actually harming people. The, the, you know, the medicine is worse than the disease. This, this illustrates a fundamental difference. This is a distinction I learned from Thomas Sowell yeah. um, between the conservative mind and the progressive mind. The, prog- the progressive mind, confronted with things, something like this, thinks only in terms of solutions. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's all solutions. We have to act now. Time's wasting. People yeah. are dying. Yeah. Only in terms of solutions. Yeah. The conservative Soul argues, and I think this is very true, thinks in terms of trade-offs. Uh-huh. Whatever it is we do, yeah. we're not going to be able to do something else. What's that? What, what, and yeah. what is that other thing? Yeah. Right. Whatever we spend on this, we're not going to be able to spend on something else. What is that thing? Right. Yeah. So if there was ever a situation where we needed to analyze in terms of trade-offs, right. it was the COVID pan- pandemic or the ostensible pandemic. Uh, liberals, going back to the, the minimum wage laws and the stimulus check, liberals just think in terms of so people are hurting, we need to pass this bill. Which is always ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, yeah. aim. Yeah. Right. And because they think of solutions and we, they don't recognize that almost all of our problems are caused by the previous generation's solutions. That's right. Mm. That is exactly right. Uh, Pastor Wilson, so grateful yeah. you're going to be at the conference with us. Yeah. Man. Come Thank to you. Rapid Thank City, South Dakota. Land of the free. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. 2020, God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles, a plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential. And we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. 
It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries, that cares more about their safety and their comforts, than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage, and courage requires repentance. What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch means the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Nome has stood strong through this pandemic. And so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing psalms, and defy tyrants.